0: We are looking at verses 14 to 21, working our way through this prayer of the Apostle Paul. Those of you who have been here for a while understand why this is a prayer, because this is a definite, who is adequate for such a thing? Okay? Ephesians three, fourteen to 21, if you would please follow in the reading of the Holy Word of God. The height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond what we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus in all generations, forever and ever Amen. Father, You know how I have struggled with this peace. So, Father, I would ask that You would move this foolish servant out of the way and the people would hear You. Help them to hear. Help them to stand in awe of what You've laid before us. To You, my King, Christ's name. Amen. We moved into this text, verse 14 there. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. And we, we looked at that at the Apostle Paul understanding that I have given you some serious theology in chapter 1, 2, and the first half of 3. Uh, and, and, and one of the things that I shared, which is a problem in the body of Christ, a lot of people know what they're supposed to do. But they have no idea of who they are in Christ. That's a frustration. Because they are trying to go out and do it. God bless them. But the problem is, he's already empowered you to do it. You just need to surrender. And so the Apostle Paul understood, I need to pray. Because in 4, 5, and 6, what he will begin doing in those texts... Is that he will begin telling us, because of what you possess in Christ, this is how your life should look. And one of the things, is, it kind of reminds me, too many Christians are trying to push a chain. Okay, They're trying to do everything that God says I'm supposed to do. But they don't understand the resources that they already possess. That's why I call this the fullness of God. Start your engines. It is time for us to turn on the source of the power that every child of God has. We've looked at the Spirit's power. We saw that the Spirit power, according to the riches of His glory, strengthened you with power through His Spirit in the inner man. I shared with you that when we moved into this and the original language, these are what is called a henna purpose clauses. Okay? right. and a henna purpose clause, it starts right here. You do this thing so that this happens, so that this happens, so that this happens. Okay. You can't say, well, I'll start at three and work four and five because you have to have the first one. It prepares you for the second one, prepares you for the third one, prepares you to the fourth one, prepares you for the fifth one. So to start this. To really get a hold of what your power source is, what your resources as a Christian is, you have to start with being strengthened in the inner man through the Spirit of the living God. That is accomplished, by Colossians tells us, by the Word of God dwelling in me richly. I know what this says. Now listen, I really want to be specific about this because I don't want you to know what I said. I want you to know what this said. I want you to be confident of what this said. All right. I am confident on what I read, but I can't make you be confident in it. If you don't read it and you know what? You can't grow if you keep it under the pillow while you sleep at night. All right. You have to be in it. You have to read it. And people ask me, well, when you study, you 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 go back to the original language. You got this book, and you got th-. listen. My greatest tool at the study of Scripture is prayer. Help me understand this. Okay. So there was two words here. Well, I'll get back to these. I'm strengthened in the inner man, and it's so. Then verse seventeen. Christ may dwell, okay? I've shared with you in the original language, there is a preposition that is used regularly. It's kata, k-a-t-a, or k-a-t-o, kato, or kata. Okay? Anytime that it's stuck on front of a verb, it intensifies the verb. Alright? In this word right here, dwell, is kata, kata, kata kasiad. Okay. What it means is that Christ is at home comfortable in you. I shared with you a book that I read years ago called My Heart, Christ's Home and how he goes through and he cleans it up so he can be comfortable. Okay. He's, uh, I use the illustration everybody gets on me about, it, but it, it, women, women can come home and they won't relax until they clean up the house. Okay. I don't know any men that do that. <laughs> I go home, I'm comfortable. <laughs> okay? So, Jesus, because you are being strengthened by the Holy Spirit, he's now in the process of cleaning up the house. He wants to be comfortable in you. So that, that hint of phrase, so that, what happens? That's So I thought you'd never ask. He would dwell in your hearts through faith and that you would be rooted and grounded in love. You know what that is? Unmovable. I'm grounded in it. Why? Now, remember what I said. First of all, you start with the strengthening of the Holy Spirit in the inner man. Okay? You do that through the Word of God. Then Christ begins the cleaning procedure. So go to the library and throw out all the books that you don't need. Okay. He's going to go to the kitchen and throw out all the foods that are fat foods that can't going to help you. All right. Then he's going to go to the living room. That's where you fellowship. He's going to make that so you can have the joy of fellowship with the Lord, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then he's going to go to your workshop and all the things, the abilities and the talents that he has given you from eternity past. He wants you to utilize them for his glory. And then you say he's comfortable. And he says, what's in the closet? Then he heads for the closets. Because the closets is where we keep the stuff that we don't want other people to see. And then he cleans those out. Now he's comfortable. Guess what happens when all that happens? I am now rooted and grounded in love. And I can... Then here's another kata word. Okay? kata lamban, Able to comprehend... The word comprehend here, because it's an intensified verb, it means I'm going to grab a hold of it, I'm going to seize it, and I refuse to let go of it. It's mine. I am the possessor of it. What is it? The love of God. To understand what the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of His love that surpasses knowledge doesn't you can't natural man can never know it it's impossible it is the love of christ the love of christ that says it's not me it's whatever you want that love the love that held him on that cross that love the love that he left the throne room of heaven to come down here and walk among us that love The love that says, you couldn't save yourselves if you had to, even when I give you my holy book. That love, I'll pay for your price. I'll pay the full penalty for your sinfulness. That love. The love that considers others more important than yourself. That love. Okay? Again, these are all building. These are henna purpose clauses. First of all, I'm going to be strengthened in the inner man by the holy word of God. Secondly, Christ is going to begin the cleaning work because now I know who he is and what he is about. I know what he has desire of me. Now he's comfortable and as he has done that cleaning process, I start understanding a love that defies human understanding or knowledge or wisdom or anything. This is this is way beyond family love. This is beyond, this is a heavenly love. Now I'm rooted and grounded in that. Then there's another, henna, term here, that you may, so that, because of it's, the purpose clause so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God hmm what can a person say about that where is D.A. Carson when I need someone to circle the planet okay did you read it? To be filled with the fullness of God. How do I explain that? I don't know about you. I've wrestled with this thing for about a month and a half. And I've come to the firm conclusion that this is difficult to explain. If I look at it in its context, as a Christian, if I follow this model, if I follow this path, so that the Holy Spirit would strengthen me so that Christ would be comfortable in me, so that I can understand the love that surpasses knowledge, so that... I will be the fullness of God. I and you can be filled with all of the fullness of God. All of it. I've tore this thing apart over and over and over again and all it does is cause my poor little pea brain to hurt. See, We've looked at it, and it's one thing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do not be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Right? Oh, amen, brother. Let's be filled with the Spirit. Verse 16. Verse 17. It's another thing to be filled with Jesus Christ. He is dwelling in me, and he is at home. He's at peace. We're hanging together. We're not watching the Broncos. Okay, but we're hanging together. We're, we, we're doing good. He ain't walking around saying, what's that smell? But now, it says to be filled with God. The holy God. The eternal God. The almighty God. The creator God. The God of existence. The God of the universe. The God who made it all. The God who fills it all. That very one can fill me and fill you. Now, are you thinking about that? Isaiah 40 says, The water fits in the hollow of his hand, and the span of his hand is Creation. That God. That God. That's incredible. I, I don't know a text that I have read that comes to that one. To be filled with all of the fullness of God. Let me keep it so simple for you. I'm not the circling guy. I'm the wisdom guy. How do I measure that? Uh, Do you use a, a measuring cup? A bucket? A bathtub? Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus that fills the what? Oceans. Okay, measure that. I don't know how to measure that. Somehow... God who fills all in all could fill me. Fill me. He would all be there. Not just a part of him. This isn't a pantheist. A pantheist is a person who says, well, God is everywhere, therefore he's where I am. That ain't what this says. Now, get this text. He, in his totality, lives in you. He wants to fill me. He wants to fill me with all of his person. He wants to fill me with all of his characteristics. He wants to fill me with all of his attributes. And I don't know about you, that hurts my brain. That's what it says here. Strengthened with power and the inner man by the Holy Spirit. Christ dwells in you. You comprehend His miraculous love. And guess what? All the characteristics and the personalities and the attributes of the God Almighty who spoke existence into being is in you. all I have to do is start thinking about what kind of God He is. Paul uses the word, the use of fullness. Okay? The term is a a little bit on the amazing side, and it is definitely a bizarre concept. I want you to think about it, and, and I want you to, Just ponder this for a second. If you're going to go to sleep, go now. Because you don't want to be halfway through this one. Okay? God never intended, or my salvation, Christians to function on half. He wants us full. Now, I'm going to go back and I'm going to show you some things. Just in this letter, chapter 1, verse 23, which is His body, speaking of the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. You see it here in chapter 3, verse 19 filled up with all of the fullness of God. Chapter 4, verse 10. He who descends is himself also he who ascends far above the heavens, so that he might fill all things. Verse 13 of that chapter. Until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, so that the measure of the statute which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Chapter 5, verse 18. You not get drunk on wine, for that is disp- dispensation, but be filled with the spirit. So you got the church, you got everything, you got all things and you got all Christ and the spirit. And he wants us to be what? Full. Full. God doesn't settle for anything less than total fullness. Okay? We sing amazing grace. You ever really thought about it in light of this? Okay, now I'm going to deal with this word. Fullness. Plerato. Plerato. It's used in the New Testament a lot. To be honest with you. And it always speaks of total. Plerato. Okay? Plerato, when it is used, it literally means there's no more to be added to it. Okay? It is total. If I take it... In light of the gospel, and I use the scale that the gospel uses for it, you will see plerato used to be filled with rage. Okay? You will see it used to be filled with anger. Okay? To be filled with wrath. Even to be filled with malice. Okay? Okay, it... it, It's focus, if you look at those illustrations that I just gave you, it's focus means that the attitude is there and that one attitude dominates. Okay? But you and I, we do our best to balance it, don't we? A little bit of back, and a little bit of forth, a back, and a little bit of forth, back and forth. We just kind of, you know, I'll just get a little bit mad and I won't be. And then I'll go over here and I'll be happy for a little bit. And I'll go over and we try to balance it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That is not filled. Okay. Because, listen, we would all agree wholeheartedly. Happiness is good. I would like to be filled with happiness. And just walk around and smile and just be happy, happy, happy. How's that work for you? Plerato? its essence is dominance. When you see the term used in the New Testament, when you see the word filled or fullness and all of these terms that are derivatives of it, it means fullness. Now listen, I want you to understand dominance. It is total dominance. Okay. Many are willing to work with the Spirit of the Living God. Did you know that? I mean if he convicts you of something little tap him. excuse me. Oh yes, yes, sorry, 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 sorry. Okay? We don't mind that at all. Okay? But let me ask you a question. And I want this to pierce every one of us. How many of you right now are willing to be totally dominated by the Holy Spirit? Totally dominated. You know what that means? There's no room for nothing else. Totally dominated. You know what it means? Self is out of the picture. Self is gone. There ain't no self. Greatest man born of woman, Jesus said, who? John the Baptist. Why? I must decrease. He must increase. You know what that means? Self's out of the picture. Everything falls on the spirit side of the gospel scale. Thought about that? It's his. Which part? I told you part of the process that the Lord got my undivided attention. I woke up in the hospital. I'd lost three days of my life. I'd gone into work on a Monday, and I came to on Wednesday, and I was in a hospital bed. And I looked up and it had this goofy fluorescent light shining on me. And the first thing that went through my head was this. You are not your own. You've been bought and paid for with a price. Because you know what I was doing? I was balancing it. Just a little balance here, you know. We can get along together. And he says, uh uh-uh. uh. I own you. I heard somebody, and I wish I'd give, give anything. If I could remember who did it, but it's, it's always been in my head. It kind of rattles around in there. And it's a quote. God doesn't want to share us with us. Did you get that? God doesn't want to share us with us. The Bible says, I know the plans that I have for you. You know what that means? I don't care what your plans are. That's play rato. A dominance. Listen, brothers and sisters, there's too many in the church today who have a little bit of God and a little bit of us. And I have to ask, but where is the fullness of God? Where is the fullness of Christ? Where is the fullness of the Holy Spirit? God literally wants Himself to fill us. To dominate us. That it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. When people look at me, they see Christ. Well, that's nuts. You want to bet? Paul wrote Titus. We adorn the doctrine of God. We wear it. It is seen. Now listen, I don't know about you, but where I come from, this is incredible. And maybe just, just a tad, maybe just a little bit convicting. Just, just a little bit. People have been seeing me during the week and they say, well, You seem like something's troubling you. Well, now you know. <laughs> yeah, I've been wrestling with this. And I've been getting my lunch handed to me. So I'm trying to figure out. No, I'm not wrestling. I'm just getting whooped. Who is this God who wants to fill us? Have you ever just sat down and thought for a second, what a God we have? I mean, I can give you, you know, Isaiah that Isaiah 40. It is one of my favorite. You know, the waters fit in the hollow of his hand and the of his hand is creation. You just sit there and go, whoa, that's, that's pretty cool. I know when the sparrow falls. I know the hairs on your head. I knew when I conceived you in your mother's womb. And I know when the day that your faith will become sight. And I know what's going to happen in between. That's that God. What a God who wants to fill us with his power. And I want to just step into this but it's going to take me a couple of weeks to get through it, okay? So I want to start with a song, okay? The, the famous harpist. Did you know in the Old Testament, we have a lot of things that you'll see. It looks like poetry. Uh, what you'll find out is, is that was actually music. And if you think about it, in, in our day and age right now, a lot of our music is poetry. And then somebody puts music to it, okay? So, but but I mean, it's just somebody wrote a poetry. Uh, I remember an interview with—that's not a good illustration. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> what can I say? Jim Morrison never considered himself a musician; he considered himself a poet. The the, the thing is, is that uh, you you just look at it. And so, when I think about some of this stuff, I think about one of the greatest perhaps poets in the history of man it comes out of second Samuel chapter 22. David spoke the words of the, this song to the Lord in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies in the hand of Saul. David was having problems. I mean, besides the King of Israel wanting him dead, the Philistines wanted him dead. But other than that, everybody else liked him. Okay. Here's what he said. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, my refuge, my savior. You save me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies for the ways of death encompassed me the torment torrents of destruction overwhelmed me the cords of sheol surrounded me the snares of death confronted me in my distress i called upon the lord yes i cried to my god And from his temple he heard my voice, and my cry for help came to his ears. Then the earth shook and quaked. The foundations of heaven were trembling and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up out of his nostrils. Fire from his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with thick darkness under his feet and he rode on a cherub and he flew and he appeared on the wings of the wind and he made darkness canopies around him a mass of water thick clouds of the sky from the brightness before him coals of fire were kindled the Lord thundered from heaven. The Most High uttered His voice, and He sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and routed them. The channels of the seas appeared. The foundations of the world were laid bare by the rebuke of the Lord. At the last blast of the breath of His nostrils... He went from on high, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from the strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me forth into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has rewarded me with. My righteousness, according to the cleanliness of my hands, he has recompensed me for I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not acted wickedly against my God, for all of his ordinances were before me, and as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also blameless toward him, I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore, the Lord recompense me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanliness before his eyes. With the kind, you show yourself kind. The blameless, you show yourself blameless. With pure, you show yourself pure. And with the perverted, you show yourself astute. And you saved and afflicted people. But your eyes are on the haughty whom you abase. You, my lamp, O Lord. And the Lord illuminates my darkness. For you, I can run upon a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. As a God, His ways are blameless. The word of the Lord is tested. His shield to all who take refuge in Him. For who is He Is God besides the Lord, who is a rock, besides our God? God is a strong fortress. And He sets the blameless in His way. And He makes my feet like hinds feet. He sets me on high places. He trains my hands for battle. So that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. And and your help makes me great. You enlarge my steps under me and my feet will not slip. I pursue my enemies and destroy them. I did not turn back until they were consumed. I have devoured them and scattered them so that they did not rise. They fell underfoot. Now let me tell you something. That's David before he's king. Who filled him? David was having a hard time of it. He had a band of brothers, small group of men, and they hid in caves. The armies of Israel and King Saul were after him, wanted him dead. The Philistines, they wanted everybody dead. And yet with all of that going on, what did he say? I know where your statutes are. I have not fallen from them. I have kept Him in my face. He created all things. It's a song of praise. This is the God who wants to fill you and I. That God. He wants to dominate us. He doesn't want anything else in your life but Him. Let me give you another one. The book of Job. What a pleasant book, eh? Job was having a tough time of it. Job chapter 26 he had just been rebuked by Bildad. Okay? So Job in his love and kindness, Job responded. <laughs> what a help you are to the weak. <laughs> That's his response. How you have saved the arm without strength. What counsel have you given one without wisdom? What helpful insight you have abundantly provided? To whom have you uttered words? And whose spirit was expressed through you? Okay. So you can see that there was a tad bit of tension with his buddy there. Okay, And if you go back, I'm not going to go back to Bildad because Bildad was just... <laughs> yay, was a typical assistant. Beginning in verse 5. The departed spirits tremble under the waters and their inhabitation. Naked is Sheol... Before him. And Abaddon has no covering. He stretches out the north. Over empty space. And he hangs the earth on nothing. He wraps up the waters in his clouds. And the cloud does not burst forth under them. He obscures the face of the full moon. He spreads his cloud over it. He has inscribed a circle on the surface of the waters at the boundary of light and darkness. The pillars of heaven tremble and are amazed at his rebuke. He quieted the sea with his power and by his understanding he shattered Rahab. By his breath the heavens are cleared. By his hand has pierced the fleeing serpent. Behold, these things are the fringes of his way. How faint a word we hear of him, but his mighty thunder, who can understand? I like that. Job is the oldest book in the Bible. It was written first. You know what's really amazing about that book? Job understood that the earth was round. We also understood that he hung it on nothing. He made it from nothing, and he hung it on nothing. And he puts clouds up, fills them full of water, but he only releases them when he wants. Hmm. When he speaks, he whispers, but when he thunders, he gets your attention. Now, I want you to think about this for a second and chew on this until next week. He wants to fill you. He wants to dominate you. He has no room for you. It is only him. He wants us to have him and nothing else. He who created time, who created space, who created matter, who took the earth that you and I walk around on and hung it on to nothing changes the seasons. And even Job, as ancient as that book is, said that, you know what? There is a line on the earth that separates darkness and light. If you've ever flown intercontinental, you've seen it. I've crossed it. It's kind of a cool thing. You're like, wow. Well, over there's dirt. Over here's day. Turn around. Go back to the day. <laughs> no. But Job understood it. I want you to start chewing on this. When the Apostle Paul is telling you, all of to fill you with all of the fullness of God, do you really know what he's telling you, Palero. I want to dominate. We say the prayers, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Really? Once there was nothing and God made something out of nothing, then he hung the stars on it. You know what's really cool about it? He told him to stay there. I think it's kind of awesome. I'm going to hang it right here, okay? Don't go nowhere. And He did it. He wants to fill us. He wants to dominate us. He wants us to understand the fullness of who He is to the indwelling of the Spirit, to the power of the Word inside the inner man, that Christ can dwell in you at peace, comfortable, and at home so you will start comprehending a miraculous love that is beyond human knowledge so that you will be filled with the fullness of Of God. Now then. It's very evident why Paul says. I should pray about this. Huh? Let's pray. Father we come before you. You are the author and the finisher. Thank you Lord. Father I. Boy. I just feel so inadequate to even try to. Even touch this. So, Father, I'm, I'm going to ask you, by the power of your Spirit and the inner man of these people, that you would start opening up the wonder of wonders. that We, people, can be filled with the fullness of God. Father, I can't grasp that. So, uh, help each of us to understand it, to be overwhelmed by it to embrace it, but Father, help us to get out of the way that only you has seen. To you, my King, my Lord, my Creator, Christ's name. Amen.